Welcome to SpotCast, your single point of contact podcast for the service management and support industry, brought to you by HDI, where service management and support professionals belong. Smarter service, better business, HDI. On the web at thinkhdi.com. I'm your host for SpotCast, Roy Atkinson. Episode 15 of SpotCast is an interview with Donna Knapp. Donna has more than 30 years of experience in the IT industry and is currently ITSM Academy's Curriculum Development Manager. Donna's years of practical experience and love of learning show in her engaging and informative speaking style and many certifications, including ITIL Expert, Certified Process Design Engineer, DevOps Foundation, Certified Scrum Master, Certified Agile Service Manager, Certified Agile Process Owner, and Verism Foundation. Donna is the author of the ITSM Process Design Guide, Developing, Reengineering, and Improving IT Service Management, as well as two college textbooks, A Guide to Service Desk Concepts, 4th Edition, and A Guide to Customer Service Skills for Service Desk Professionals, 4th Edition. Donna is also on the DevOps Institute's Board of Regents. So it is a pleasure to be speaking with you today, Donna. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about DevOps a little bit. It is now certainly firmly entrenched in the industry. Right. And and one thing that I'm interested in is, is what's going on in terms of the organizations that are using DevOps. Have you seen changes in the types of companies that are seeking training for DevOps? Absolutely. And, you know, you're right. The DevOps is here. DevOps, I think the term itself is 11 years old now. So it's been around And I think the big difference is it's finding its way into the enterprise. So, and that's been going on for a while now, but, you know, its roots were big technology companies, the Facebooks, the Amazons, the Googles of the world. And now it's finding itself into large enterprises. And interestingly, it's finding its way into first pretty heavily regulated industries. So finance, uh, healthcare, and certainly uh, retail. And there's a few reasons behind that. One is just that those are competitive market spaces. And so there's this real need today to stay alive in those industries, to be innovative and to be smart about how you're leveraging technology. I recently got a letter from my healthcare provider that they're going to start providing uh, video conference appointments for those people who opt to do that, which is awesome, right? How excited are we about those kinds of things? Companies aren't doing that kind of innovation and introducing those kind of new new ways of working and constantly evolving those, those new ways of working without introducing uh, some of the practices that are part of DevOps. It's slowly finding itself into the government, you know, as Agile has found its way into different government agencies, uh, DevOps is very much on its heels. So. Wherever there's great demand to uh, innovate and to and to uh, enable higher uh, levels of velocity, you're going to find DevOps. Do you see an increase in the number or types of roles that are seeking to uh, learn more about DevOps? Is it broadening across the industries that are putting their feet in the water? And how far across the organization is DevOps being used, do you think? What's kind of interesting about DevOps, let's talk about DevOps in the enterprise. A lot of DevOps initiatives in the enterprise started in dev. So they would literally stand up like a greenfield environment. They would have a pilot 
and they would kind of run a little experiment to see if they could introduce, and almost always, if they could introduce the technologies that are associated with DevOps and have, you know, an automated tool chain that um, enabled them to speed up. And in the early days, it was very, very common to see organizations introduce DevOps without ever talking to ops, which is sad, right? <laughs> so now we are absolutely seeing where the ops folks are getting engaged and, you know, some of the practices that are the next evolution of DevOps, like site reliability engineering, are really, their roots are in ops. So we're seeing the ops folks getting engaged. We're seeing the IT service management folks getting engaged, which I know is a bigger part of our conversation. So I'll hold off on that. But also certainly security dev sec ops, right, is, is probably a term we're hearing more starting last year and into this year than even DevOps in and of itself. So the security folks are, are getting engaged. And quite frankly, the QA, the testing folks have always been engaged because continuous testing is one of the components of DevOps. So the good news is across the IT value chain, we're seeing folks who are getting engaged and understanding that they have a role to play in DevOps. Where we need to do more work is in getting the business folks engaged. And there's actually some really interesting work that's coming out these days that is talking about the fact that there's a lot of organizations who are have made significant improvements with DevOps. So they're able to release much more quickly. Their releases are much more reliable. They're achieving all of those things that are the promise of DevOps, but they're still not necessarily moving the dial from the business perspective. So they're not yet able to connect the dots that as a result, we're seeing increased revenue or as a result, we're able to attract new customers. So that's kind of the next conversation in the DevOps community in terms of how do we engage the business folks, and this can be part of our whole conversation about service management as well. How do how do we elevate uh, those things that we need to do to be successful with DevOps and service management into the business, or help them kind of understand what's inherent in being successful with DevOps? Hopefully, that makes sense. It does make sense, and it it puts me in mind of a question that speaks to the broader organization. I think of organizations like Lockheed Martin years ago that had a Skunk Works. Mm-hmm. And it was small teams focused on highly innovate, innovative projects, which sounds a little bit like DevOps. Is there a way to get business to see that as, as part of the paradigm, or are they already seeing it, do you think? I think they're seeing it to some extent, but I think they haven't necessarily... And we can never say all organizations or every organization... I do think there are organizations out there who the leadership in the company is saying all the right things. We need to be more agile. We need to be more innovative. But they're saying those words, and and in some cases, I think those words are being taken in the context of how they're, they're, they're defined in the dictionary. We need to be more agile. In other words, we need to be able to change more quickly. We need to be more flexible. Let's call that Agile with a little A. (laughs) We also have Agile, let's say, with a capital A, which is there's a method there, right? There's an approach there. So, for example, for DevOps to truly be successful, then their business counterparts need to understand that these are going to be Agile projects 
that we're not, we have to move away from the traditional define all of your requirements, sign off on the design, and then we're going to start development. That we have to have just enough of a requirement in order to get started working on something, and then we're going to show you what we've done, and then you need to come back and give us some really fast feedback. So some of those fundamental pr principles of Agile that underpin DevOps, the business has to learn and embrace. I had someone tell me one time that their business was very excited because DevOps was being introduced because it meant that they weren't going to have to come to the project reviews anymore. Well, how they got that idea, I'm not sure, but that's not anywhere close to the case, right? It's even more important that they come to the product reviews so that they can you know, be part of that fast feedback cycle. So I think it is a matter of understanding that there's really good solid principles behind things like lean and agile and service management. And, and let's add DevOps into, into the conversation about that because we could talk about things like continuous delivery and understanding that it is in fact a method, it's not just a word. And we've got to change our ways of working accordingly. I was speaking on the West Coast um, at LinkedIn headquarters, in fact, and, and I was talking about DevOps, introducing the, some of the concepts of DevOps to folks who weren't familiar with it. And I talked about you know, the fast feedback cycle and continuous improvement and things like that. And then I said, does this sound like anything that you're familiar with? And these were folks who were in service and support. Mm -hmm. And one, I saw one light bulb go on and they said KCS. Mm -hmm. And that's always been a connection for me is that the idea of continually working on improving the content of knowledge, right? Continuous right. feedback loops, all of those things is very similar to the way DevOps works. And a lot of people have maybe some trouble wrapping their brains around it. But those two things are very closely related, I think. Right. And understanding that things are never going to be done. Yes. It, even with a KCS article, it's never done. You know, at some point you're, you're going to get some feedback that's going to prompt you to continue to further improve it or it becomes obsolete and we need to stop trying that as a solution to something. So speaking of ITSM... You you certainly know what you're talking about in terms of IT service management, or we, maybe we call it just plain service management these days. And if you're also firmly planted in the DevOps world. There's been a border between those things, historically speaking, and you mentioned a little bit earlier that some some of the service management folks are getting more involved now. But also there seems to be at least in terms of the public face, the information that's coming out of at least some corners of the DevOps world, there's a widening chasm. And some people are completely discounting IT service management, ready to toss it in the garbage can. Why is that happening, do you think? And it will, will that chasm continue to widen until one side wins, whatever that means? I'm, I want to come in on the until somebody wins part first. Nobody's going to win if one side wins. You know, we will all win when we understand that Agile and Lean and service management and DevOps all work together. They all help each other, right? That That's when we'll win, when we understand all of that. Thank you. I, I think, right? There's no or in that conversation ever. Um so to speak to the chasm, so I, I want to, first of all, just kind of talk a little bit about the difference between DevOps and 
IT service management, and and let's just lay idle on the table because it's you know it's the elephant in this room. Um, but but certainly there are other uh, service management frameworks. We can bring COVID into the conversation. Um, it, you know, it, if you look at how uh, IDLE has evolved over the years, IDLE has about every 10 years introduced a new version of their body of knowledge. And we are now in 2019, IDLE 4 is being introduced now. IDLE version 3, so to speak, was actually introduced in 2008. Uh, in 2011, they did a little bit of a rework on the books, but they didn't necessarily there was no fundamental change in the contents. It was really more a rejigging of the books. The last release of Idle that everybody's working off of today came out back in 2008. DevOps was swirling about, but really hadn't even evolved at that point in time. So the current body of knowledge that we're all working off of from an IT service management context, you have to work really, really hard to find any, any aspects of that that speak to agile development methodologies, uh, DevOps type practices, you know, you can find these little glimmers of where you can say, well, you know, standard changes, you know, can relate to DevOps, but really you have to work pretty darn hard. DevOps, on the other hand, still does not have a definitive body of knowledge. We refer to a collective body of knowledge when we talk about DevOps. So the way DevOps has evolved is through a community of people contributing articles online. Um, there are some publications, there's a couple of really good publications um, that have come out in the last couple of years, but just in the last couple of years. And, and certainly things like DevOps Days and the DevOps Enterprise Summit. So, this community has learned from each other and the practices have kind of evolved. And so this community is always learning new ways of doing things. So if you look at the difference between idle best practice and best practice by definition lags, right? How long does it take something to rise up to being recognized as best practice? Best practice is always gonna lag behind what's going on in the industry. And then if you look at how DevOps has uh, been introduced, it's been introduced through this kind of ongoing, evolving and emerging practices. So how they, where they came from and, and how they continue uh, to evolve is different. Now, having said that, that doesn't mean we can't work together. We have to, the ITSM community has to be willing to learn about DevOps and the DevOps community has to be willing to learn about it and understand IT service management. And we and we just have to kind of talk to each other and figure out how to work together. And I, I kind of want to say one last thing about this. If you look at the highest performing organizations in the context of DevOps, they're not doing that without IT service management. They are managing changes, they are handling instance, they are handling requests for change. They're just doing it differently and they're not calling it the same things. They're taking different approaches to how they introduce these IT service management practices. So they're not doing it without IT service management. Again, they're just not calling that, but they're also not doing it with the kind of overly rigorous, fairly heavy weight processes 
that some organizations have introduced as a result of following IDLA as if it were casting concrete. An ideology rather than a framework. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's guidance. So, it's never been prescriptive. It's never been intended to be prescriptive. It is, in fact, guidance. It just doesn't get implemented that way in some organizations. On that note, which aspects of ITSM as practiced, distinct from as it is in the books or as imagined or as conceived, are the most troublesome for DevOps practitioners, do you think? And can those be improved or mitigated or should they just be done away with, Let you know, get out of the way? So that first obvious answer is change management, what we're calling in Idle 4 change control. I want to just kind of make a note. I was actually a change manager at one point in my career. And so trust me, I went into DevOps very skeptical. And the other thing is I was a service desk manager at one point in my career. So I knew what it looked like in the service desk on Monday morning after a release had gone bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I came into DevOps like with those with that lens. And it it took a little convincing for me to really understand that, um, you know, DevOps is a thing and it's worth us understanding. So we have always overdone it with change management. In a lot of organizations, there's a very one-size-fits-all approach to how changes get managed, and IDLE doesn't even say you should do that, right? So if we just followed IDLE's guidance in terms of understanding that there's different types of changes and that we can have models uh, for different types of changes that have different procedures and different levels of authority, um, even if we just practiced IDLE the way it's, it is, in fact, written, we'd be better off with change management. But with DevOps in the mix, we now have to understand all of the really awesome things that the DevOps community is in fact doing that satisfy the requirements of change management. So, you know, if we can all agree that we need to have a record of the change and that we need to have some testing and evidence that testing has occurred that satisfies the controls of change management, whether they be things that have to be addressed for regulatory purposes or simply they reflect the internal policies of our company. We can introduce policy as code today, right? So in making changes through a DevOps pipeline, all of that can be done automatically. And so what that looks like is a developer you know, introduces a piece of code, sends it down the DevOps pipeline, a bunch of testing gets done, a record gets produced, and the change manager can look at it and say, awesome, you satisfied the objectives of the change management process. So I think in general, if we can focus on the what and the why of change management and not the how we do it, as in like changes have to go in front of a cab and be approved, we'll be a lot better off. Incident management's another one where the DevOps community has really embraced safety culture. And in safety culture, there's this old, you know, analogy that the companies that report the most incidents are the safest, which is kind of counterintuitive, right? Um, but what it says is those companies are willing to make those incidents visible and are willing to work on and, you know, uh, try to prevent those incidents from happening. So, um, I think with incident management, you see a lot more emphasis on, again, understanding that not in, all incidents are created equal. You know, in IT service management, very often there's this perspective of the traditional tier one, 
tier two, tier three escalation path, and that just slows stuff down. So in the DevOps community, you're seeing a lot more swarming, and you're seeing a lot more um, kind of dynamic responses to incidents. Um, the incident commander concept, for example, that you see in, in safety culture. So again, it's funny, right? Because they're doing, they're making changes and they're actually recording those changes. Um, they're handling incidents. They're just doing it in a very different way. Uh, problem management is certainly changing. Um, there's real pushback in the DevOps community about root cause analysis. And um, it took me a bit, but I finally understand why the pushback is occurring. Um, and, and there's a little mantra that there is no root cause in a complex uh, system. And I always like to rephrase that, that there's no single root cause in a complex system. Mm -hmm. So, you know, is that fair, right? Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, you see a little bit of pushback about problem management and root cause analysis, but it, it, I think we in the IT service management community, if we can embrace that idea that there is no single root cause and so move away from this idea of always thinking that the root cause is going to be a piece of technology or even worse, that the root cause is going to be a person. I was in an organization recently and the root cause code field in their system was a list of people's names. It broke my heart. Like that just made me sad. And, and understand that there's lots of things going on, right? There are processes that may be not functioning well. Knowledge management might not be functioning well, right? There's a whole bunch of things that might be happening. And so it's not to say let's, let's kind of abandon traditional problem management practices, but let's understand, and KCS kind of helps with this as well, that let's understand that this has to be ongoing and we have to constantly be looking at and searching out, you know, why things are happening and, and what's the best way in this moment that we can figure out to handle it, but know that that's probably going to change somewhere down the line. And then certainly things like asset management, configuration management, which are always kind of the banes of the IT service management's community's existence, you know, the, the, the elusive configuration management database. Well, the reality is, you know, if we're handling everything as code these days, then that all can, in fact, be automated. And we can, in fact, have that ability to gain insight into, you know, what's in our infrastructure and how are all these things interrelated. It just needs to happen in more of an automated way. So I think those are the big boys. I could go on, but those are the big boys. <laughs> <laughs> and and in, a, in, in my conversation with Stuart Rance for, for the podcast early, earlier on, uh, he talked about how you know modern configuration management systems are you push the configuration out to the technology rather than doing right. discovery and just and finding out where your technology is and what it's doing. So you, you went through a, a really quite a substantial list of practices and processes that we're all familiar with. And that gets us to a bigger question, which is, is IT service management obsolete or is it just changing? And how do we make sure that the two sides, the DevOps and ITSM, which have become two sides for reasons I can't fathom, but there you go, uh, is, is, is ITSM obsolete? Uh, or is it just going to change as you suggest? And is it going to be necessary or unnecessary in the future? And if it's not necessary, why not? 
So it's absolutely going to continue to be necessary. And, you know, I, I, you know, we always want to tack that IT on the, on the front of it. But if we just talk about service management as a concept, ensuring that you're delivering products and services that are of value to your customers will always serve an organization well. Um, and having that always kind of at the heart of what you do, that service orientation will always serve organizations well. And I, and I have to say, I can, I'm a believer of DevOps, trust me, but I can be really critical of the DevOps community sometimes because I do think they put their little blinders on sometimes. And, you know, fundamentally, <laughs> DevOps is about software, right? It's about you know, developing a new feature of software and sending that very, very quickly down a pipeline and, you know, having it be introduced into your production environment. They're supposed to care about what's happening after that, but they don't always, right? There are still plenty of organizations out there, especially at the enterprise level, where they still are, in fact, throwing it over the fence and the ops folks are the ones that kind of maintain that product for the long run. You see this evolution to product-oriented teams where they own everything. You build it, you run it. But, but that's not the norm, right? That Today, that is, in fact, the exception and not the norm. So service management cares about you know, a whole lot of things that de the DevOps community doesn't necessarily care about, right? They have a very specific part of the value chain that they're focused on, you know, from requirements to deploy. And then they, you know, sometimes, not always, but sometimes they put their blinders on after that. So service management has to t take care of that ongoing kind of care and feeding of products and services. The other thing is that very often it's the IT service management community that really understands the bigger picture. So where does this particular application fit in terms of overall business priorities? Um, you know, let's talk about incidents. When in incidents occur, there are going to be incidents where real dollars are being lost or real lives are at stake uh, if we don't handle this incident very, very quickly, or there are incidents where, you know, this can wait. Very often, it's the service management community that has the better understanding of, the, of that greater business perspective and how we prioritize things and uh, what's really critical to the organization and what's necessarily not necessarily critical on any given day. And that we need to maintain that focus, right? In this day and age where if something goes wrong, if you have a breach or you have some kind of major outage, the Twitter sphere knows about it instantaneously. It, you know, is talked about worldwide. Shortly after that, um, companies have very much come to understand the importance of having uh, not only the speed to introduce new products and services, but the, that need for reliability. And um, that's where site reliability engineering, in fact, has emerged. Um, so we still need that greater business perspective and, and service management provides that. That's not going to go away. Service management wasn't invented by IT and it's not going to be obsoleted by IT, right? It's, it's a greater business concept that we all need to embrace. From the IT service management standpoint, what has to happen is that we've got to, we have to educate ourselves on DevOps. And remember that always that DevOps has its roots in lean and it's very much heavily influenced by agile. So we have to educate ourselves to, on, on, on those things and then, and then figure out how to adapt 
our practices and our processes and and improve our skill sets uh, accordingly. And and, and, and we're only going to do that by getting out there and participating in that community and learning from that community and, and really talking to each other. Um, the DevOps Institute provides a, a series of education on DevOps, and one of the courses is ITSM for DevOps, which is about adapting your IT service management processes for DevOps. And we had a class once where the DevOps enablement team came to this class. And they kind of expected that they weren't going to learn anything, quite frankly. They told me offline. And they told me later that they learned a tremendous amount about IT service management. They came to very much understand that they're actually doing this stuff already. And maybe IDLE could actually provide a little bit of insight that would help them with some of the problems they were having. And they had much greater empathy for their IT service management counterparts. And that word empathy made my little heart sing. Right. Because when we can have that, when we in the IT service management community can have empathy for what DevOps practitioners are trying to achieve and and vice versa, we're all going to be a lot better off. We'll figure it out. We'll work it out. We'll figure out how best to um, have these practices in place within our organization, but have them in place in a way that doesn't tremendously impede flow and prevent innovation and you know, stand in the way of us working together. If you, Donna, were to construct a framework for where we are in terms of tools, technology, governance, and business needs, and all the things that we've talked about, what would you put into that framework and what would you leave out of that framework? I think there are great frameworks already out there. And what we need to understand is how to better leverage those frameworks. If, if, if I could introduce a new framework, it would be a framework that would integrate with all of the existing frameworks and its focus would be on culture and its focus would be on things like organizational change management and, and management in general. And Everyone out there, please do not unsubscribe to Roy's podcast when I say this. This is me saying this. This is not Roy saying this. I do believe sometimes when DevOps isn't successful in an organization or where IT service management isn't successful in an organization, you know, I do it like it, it does make me sad that I think there are a lot of folks who go to work every day dreading going to work and who in the course of of, of doing their work or being asked to do things that they think is stupid or that they know is just counterproductive, but it's the policy or it's the process that's been put in place. And the management team is measuring them based on whether or not they do these things. So I do think middle management and supervisors within an organization really hold the key in terms of whether or not any of these initiatives are going to be successful with, within an organization. They are the ones who are either going to maintain the status quo and keep the company bound to these old ways of working, or they themselves are going to evolve and they're going to learn you know, more about coaching and more about organizational change management and not just talking about those things, but actually taking action day in and day out 
to move their organization to a higher trust culture, to move their organization to a place where people really enjoy coming to work every day and who take pride in what they're doing, who um, are respected for the professional adults that they are and allowed to work autonomously and create creatively. So my framework would be one where we really figure out right, this culture thing, because we know culture is important. We know organizations change is important. We talk about it a lot. There's bodies of knowledge out there about it, but we still don't really do it well. And, and I would like to figure out how, how we can do it better. I can't think of a better place for this conversation to wind up than what you just said. Oh, <laughs> uh, to, to have this... I, I felt like I was preaching there for a moment. I thought, oh, I should stop now. But uh, I, I believe I do very much believe that uh, as an approach. So thank you very much for being a guest on the podcast, Donna. It's so great to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Loved chatting with you. Thank you for listening. For more about HDI, visit us on the web at thinkhdi.com and see Support World for great content. I'm Roy Atkinson, your host for Spotcast. Until next time, take care.